on to the next movie that we were going to talk about. Um, that would be Becky. Now, um, Becky came out in 2020. Has Paul Blart and Kevin James in it with a, a couple other people that no one cares Paul about. Mine comes. And it was directed by Jonathan Milliot, who he has done Cooties and Bushwick, which I actually liked Cooties, but we'll talk about that one at another time. But yeah, Becky is terrible. Um, as you've described, it is a horror version of Home Alone. Um, and you want to talk about effects. Holy fuck. Like when she, there's spoiler alert, a part where Kevin James has to cut off his own eye. And it looks like, um, a piece of spaghetti with a golf ball attached to it. Um, it's not that bad, but it, just the, how he cuts it off, the way he, he's acting, just the whole scenario seems phony to me. There's a lot of other problems that I have with this movie. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it's just, it's dumb. And the, the, no, no small child would act this way. No small child turns into a homicidal killer just because they saw their father get killed. I mean, they would run away. They would freak out. They would hyperventilate. They don't turn into GI Joe kid version. Um, but you have accepted that wholeheartedly and you have seen this movie a zillion times and you really enjoy it, which blows my mind that you enjoy this movie. I love this movie. (laughs) I gave it a four and a half out of five stars because I think it is a near perfect film. (laughs) I, I would wholeheartedly love to see 10 sequels yesterday. Jesus. Just make this girl the new Jason Voorhees. Like, oh my god, I love this movie. And yes, I ju- it just came out last year, and it, in fact, I think it's only been out for like 13 months. I can't think it came out like in the summer, maybe even like, like late summer of 2020. Um, but yeah, I rewatched it for the fifth time today because you were like, I want to talk about it on the podcast. And I was just like, this is a perfect excuse to rewatch this phenomenal film. No, 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 no. Yes. And yeah, I mean, so let's just get started with the opening. So the opening to this film is like cutting back and forth between school and prison. Now school is where you're supposed to learn about so it's like, like how to be an adult and you learn none of it because we're in America. And prison is supposed to be a learning atmosphere where you are rehabilitated and taught how to re-enter society, which it absolutely is not because we're in America. Both are failed systems that don't really do what the whole purpose of what they're established to do. And both are where people are put against their will. And it's just showing the inherent, like, failure and silliness of, like, these systems that's supposed to shape everyone, no matter who you are or what your beliefs are. Like, that's why these systems fail. It's because they're just trying to cover everyone. And no one's thinking about all that. 
No one's thinking about the economy and politics when we're trying to watch a horror movie. I want my anxiety to be going up and down. I want people to make realistic decisions based off of what makes sense. And that does not happen throughout this movie. They're establishing real character with this, though. They're showing the backgrounds of where these people are coming from. And it even brilliantly cuts between, like, Becky being upset about people wearing a family reunion shirt to like Kevin James and his prison family that he's formed as a white supremacist. And it's showing the differences and how they engage with family. These scenes aren't just trying to make some obscure political reference. They are literally establishing our characters. And that kind of depth is rare in horror movies, especially horror movies like this, that are kind of modeled after 80s horror, and it is 90 minutes. Here you go. I I think that's the reason that you like the movie. It's 90 minutes, so you were able to go to bed on time, and you were able to (laughs) go to bingo the next morning and get your pudding, and you were real happy at the nursing home that you're at. Um, but yeah, that doesn't, there's, doesn't make this a good movie by any means. And that was the, the white supremacist uh, crew. It that doesn't make sense. Why are they, there's so many other they're... things they could do. You, you they just got out of prison. It's because they're making an eighties horror movie basically. And they were just like, you know, with as many teenagers that are senselessly murdered in real life nowadays through random shootings and cruelty, maybe it's not okay to kill. How about Nazis? Can we still kill Nazis? And everyone's like, yeah, we can kill Nazis. That's why, Barry. You're not supposed to feel bad when these people die, and you don't. Like, come on. Would you, are you seriously telling me that you'd rather sit here and watch a bunch of innocent young teenagers die because they smoked marijuana, you sociopath? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the cabin in the woods. I, I felt the most bad of okay, the Okay, you heard it. <laughs> You you heard it here first, folks. He would rather see teenagers die than Nazis. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Is that my grandma on the back? What are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, you got me there. But then, okay, then you doesn't one of the Nazis try to turn a, a new leaf at the end? Like, why are okay, they trying to make us sympathetic for these people? You just proved I, I why this movie. I don't fun. believe they are. Because think about it: this guy has been a murderer his whole life. That's why he's in jail. He constantly talks about all murder, and it wasn't until he goes to murder two children that he stops to reflect on himself. So. Yeah, it is setting it up as though he's trying to turn a new leaf. But then at the end of the movie, it's like he literally says the line, I can't erase my past, but maybe by saving you. And he gets cut off because that kind of mentality that, yeah, 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 I've killed a bunch of people. I even killed children. But by saving this one child, I redeem myself. No, that's bullshit. That's like some movie ending shit. He's still a murderer and a Nazi. He's still a bad guy. I don't think you are supposed to be sympathetic for him. 
that's why his big moment of like, oh, oh, I, I'm turning over a new leaf. And he gets cut off midway with a gunshot straight to the head and he's done. Like, <laughs> he doesn't get to redeem himself because one good act isn't enough to undo years of being a vile, evil villain. This isn't Fast and Furious where it's like, Hey, Jason Sethov, why do we hate you? Oh, you killed one of our closest friends? That was last movie. Come eat barbecue with us, buddy. Like, I think if, if you sit there and analyze the movie, then yeah, I think you might come to that conclusion. But when you're just oh watching God. it, yeah. it doesn't come God across. Forbid. I analyze art. My bad. I no. shouldn't do that. My point is, is that when it, you're, it, they shouldn't have, if that was their goal, they shouldn't have had it come across as if he is doing this. They shot it in such a way I feel like they were really trying to make it so that they were have, trying to have the audience be on his side and have the girl look like this ruthless, like she has just completely lost it to the point where she's just okay. willing to shoot somebody in the head. Like, do you know how d- crazy you have to be in the head to be able to just shoot somebody like that? Like, I understand what the predicament that she is in, but this dude just tried to quote unquote save her. So, and when, and through the audience's roller coaster ride through this journey of the movie, I feel like it just didn't work for what you're describing. See, I disagree wholeheartedly. Here's how I read this movie when I saw it and how I still see it and what makes me just love this movie wholeheartedly so i was kind of talking about like some of the good ideology and cinematography they had just trying to visually establish these characters at, just to get across that it is competently shot but what i think makes this movie such a thrill ride and why i love it is like if you remove becky from the film what you have is like a home invasion thriller and every one of those actors is playing it like a hundred percent straight and serious. And they're kind of reacting the way those characters would like Kevin James is supposed to be ruthless. And he is like this big guy who is a hulking beast and is unstoppable. His flaw is that he's questioning his code and having a moral dilemma. That's what gives the other characters the edge because if he wasn't undergoing that, he'd just be Jason, an unstoppable killing machine. Like, no one could stand up to that guy. And, like, all these characters are playing it straight. But Becky's in this film. And Becky isn't in a home invasion thriller. She's in a straight-up horror movie. It's like, she's the only one who's in that horror movie. And she's even got, like, her own jason S theme song. Like, Jason had the she has that, like, it just plays that same thing every time that she's, like, losing her shit. And you compare her to G.I. Jane, but she isn't. She tries, goes about everything in the most childish way and gets by through sheer dumb luck. Like, she tries to kill a guy with a ruler and pencils, and it takes her, like, five minutes to do it. She tries to kill the next guy with, like, nails and a board. Like, nails aren't enough to kill you, and it fails miserably. But luckily, he can't swim and falls in the water. Like, when she encounters the big guy the first time, that's when he's deciding to leave. Otherwise, the movie ends and she dies. 
And then at the end, she tries to catch Kevin James on fire with a super soaker, which is awesome. But then she doesn't really understand how all that works. So she runs past the fire and shoots more lighter fluid at him, even though the fires are out. So it just doesn't work. And she gets beaten up again. Like, she's not some super soldier killing with advanced, like, precision. She's just a kid trying the most visceral thing she can think of. And it isn't really working the whole time. She just gets lucky with all these. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Who am I rooting for? Am I rooting for Becky? Am I rooting for the Nazis? Am I? Re- I don't get it. I don't. I. Uh, oh I don't want to root for Becky Lifeless because America, you don't root for Nazis. Like, <laughs> I didn't think that's what this podcast was going to be. But all right, school's in session. Listen, we there's don't. two sides to every story. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. After people see this movie, they might feel differently <laughs> about Nazis. <laughs> No, I rooted for Becky the whole way through. I I seriously want her to be like the next horror movie villain. Like I want them to keep making movies about her. Because the movie's bookended by this counselor, like, or therapist rather, asking her if she remembers the incident. And the incident is the first kill. And... She starts the movie by lying and being like, uh, I just remember his shirt. And the whole movie happens. And the other bookend is her being like, well, I think he was looking for, um, this Canadian quarter. So it's telling us that she remembers the whole thing vividly. She even remembers the unique coin that she picked out to throw and distract him. And. It's just, it ends with her smirking. So it's like she's pretending to not remember any of it just to get out of there. The truth is she remembers all of it. And she's past, like, the scar damage part of it, and she's just full psycho at this point. Like, yeah, dude. She is, I I love Becky. Yeah, the movie, the girl rooted for her the whole time. So glad she came out on top. 